1: Good morning, and happy Wednesday to everyone. My name is Miles Bassett. This is Ask Wildman. We're here to answer your questions about technology, marketing, business, or anything else you want to ask us about. So uh, please throw any and all questions you have in the comments below, or you can email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. I do have that email scrolling below me in that crawler down there. Okay. To get us going here, I want to bring in my friend, Mike Hanna. Mike, how are you doing today?
0: Good morning, Miles. Um, I'm doing great. I, I came to the conclusion a little bit ago that this is probably the greatest day of my
1: life. Oh, you did? That's a nice conclusion. I'm, I'm glad you found it. Yes. It's only well, downhill from here then.
0: It, well, here's it even gets better, Miles. Let me explain this to you. So I was getting stared down by a bowl of oatmeal this morning. And it came, I have a moment of clarity, and I realized that not only today is the best day of my life, but every day is the best day of my life, because it's a, it's a culmination of all of my successes, all of my failures, all of my knowledge, and I've never been more possessed and, and blessed with all of those things at once, and I am on this day, because I cannot go back to another day, and I cannot be in a day that is not today. So therefore, Miles, today is the greatest day. I'm happy to share it with you.
1: Words of wisdom from the mic. I like it. That's a good way to start things off. It's much better than my my mute mic earlier. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. As uh, as I say, when these things happen, you know, it's not going to be a good virtual meeting or Zoom call or Hangouts or whatever without a little bit of technical difficulty. It's just a little bit of icing on the cake. There it makes it more fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are we going to talk about today Mike and we got a couple of questions coming down the pipe a couple of questions in the uh, inbox here and hopefully we'll get a couple of questions in the comments. Um, I did want to point out a couple of things here at the very beginning. now, like I said, this is an open Q&A to anyone and everyone who uh, has a question about anything over here. So uh, please share this video with your friends, with other business owners, anyone who you think could benefit from a little bit of tech speak. Um, that helps us reach a broader audience and answer some more questions and be a better resource for our community. So please like, share this um, and tune in every week. We do this every Wednesday at 11. With that, we'll move into today's questions. Um, I know we got a couple of questions here on uh, a conversation we had earlier this week, but they all kind of centered around the concept of content marketing. So Mike and I decided that we were gonna spend a little bit here at the top of the show just talking about content marketing, what it is, when you should be using it, how to do it. Um, so I'll, Mike, I'll turn it over to you for a sort of high-level overview. What is content marketing?
0: Okay. Yeah, Miles. Well, content marketing is—it's basically a, a catch-all phrase for uh, a type of type of advertising, I guess, type of marketing in, in which we're not doing sales and we're not doing traditional advertising. Uh, meaning that we're not telling people about the product, we're not telling people about how wonderful we are. Um, we're not doing any of that that we would associate with traditional advertising. So, so what are we doing? Well, we're, we're creating content that. Our target audience is going to be most uh, wanting to see, wanting to watch, wanting to listen to, you know, whatever kind of platform we're we're working with. But basically, we want to give them what they want, and we do want to leave ourselves out of it as much as we possibly can, and just again deliver what they want. And this goes back a little bit to when we we talk about giving value, giving value. You know, what, what does that mean? Well, it, you know, typically it's something that uh, can inform, can entertain, or educate people. Uh, and that's, so, that generally, when we talk about creating content that brings value, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about figuring out what do those people need, what do those people want, uh, what kind of information do they need, what kind of entertainment do they want, and then fulfilling that for them on a long-term and consistent basis. And that's that's the key part uh, that we will dig into a little here in a little bit uh, is being long-term and consistent because since this is not like a you know traditional advertising or traditional sales funnel. Uh, it is more of a, definitely more of a long term approach than traditional advertising, uh, but that's that's the main I guess you know just big picture idea of what it is and, and how it's different. Uh, but you know typically what what it is is it, it's one piece of content you know one piece of content form uh, either a, you know a newsletter or a book or a podcast or you know a, we could go on and on and, on various forms of, of content uh, in, in that the company. Uh, delivers that content on a consistent basis to their audience. And again, there's no hard hook, there's no call to action in this. There's really very little about the company themselves. Um, they're really just trying to deliver as much valuable information as they can. And you may be thinking, well, why aren't we just selling, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and you know, it's something that is important to remember is that people don't like to be sold to, of course. Uh, nobody does uh, but people love to buy things obviously uh, and so people love to buy they hate to be sold to and people like prefer to buy from people or businesses or entities that they know like and trust and that concept is so key to understanding why we may you know go down a path like this uh, is because if we can just provide the ultimate level of value without having to be salesy without having to you know, kind of you know, trick people, uh, you know, into uh, engaging our content in order to buy something from them. Well, over time, we develop a whole lot of of them liking, knowing, and trusting us. And that last one is probably the most important. You know, as we build that trust factor with them in ways that other companies or other people aren't doing, because they're typically asking for something, right? And typically, when they deliver some sort of value, it's attached directly to an ask. So over time of course people build up defenses to that they get weary of it uh, and they start to avoid it you know uh you know it's the same reason when we walk into a clothing store and the nice gal or guy comes up and says hey can i help you find something today you know nine times out of ten even if we really need help like finding something we go "No, no no, no that's okay i'm just looking right we I mean, we all do that. OK. And it's a natural reflex. It's, a, it's an instinctual reaction to this uh, to this adversity that we built up over time to being sold to uh, that. You know, I mean, and they know. I mean, it's like, why the hell did you walk in here? Right. You know, you obviously walk in here to buy something, uh, but they don't want to be sold to. They want to buy something. So there's all kinds of great examples of this. Uh, I'll give you a couple from history and then, and then one or two from today to maybe drive this point home and then we can get into the, the, the nuts and bolts of it. Um, but Back in the 1800s, this is, this is maybe the first known case of, of content marketing. It was actually done by the John Deere uh, Corporation, John Deere Company, which of course is you know, a household name, uh, dominates uh, their, their industry and their specific uh, business vertical and they have. Uh, since the 1800s. So they didn't go about it as a traditional advertising campaign. Uh, now, of course, later on, they have, you know, they've done traditional advertising. It's not like they've only done content marketing, but they were really one of the first uh, to do this on a large scale. And what they did was they created a magazine. And I'm blanking on the name of the magazine at the moment. I think it was called The Furrow or something like that. And it was all about uh, helpful tips, helpful, uh, you know, words of advice. Uh, and articles to farmers, all about how they could do better with their crops, how they could get uh, better returns, how they could save money, et cetera, et cetera. Nothing about advertising a John Deere tractor was ever in the magazine. You know, I think all they did was say, you know, this is provided to you by your friendly John Deere, you know, tractor company or something like that. That was it, that was it. All of it, you know, 99.9% of the content was just bringing value to their end consumer, the people who they knew was their target audience. Uh, not long after that, in France, Michelin actually did a very similar thing. Michigan, Michelin uh, tires actually started out as a bicycle company because, of course, this is, you know, 1900. There's very few automobiles in existence, let alone on the roads, actually being used. Uh, so when automobiles started coming on board, Well, there was a lot of people who, you know, the the wealthy who would get them, uh, but they didn't didn't know where to go with them, right? Because people didn't travel long distances like they do today. They didn't do day trips in a car. So what the Michelin company did was, again, they created a magazine, and it was all about uh, countryside places in France to visit, where you could stop for gas, where you could get lunch, where you could go have a picnic, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so they built out this culture of driving to places that were just for leisure, just for fun, you know, which back then nobody even thought about doing. Yeah. So they pushed this whole idea uh, for years and years and years, even before the market was ready for people to be buying a lot of automobiles and actually going out and doing. It. Uh, so brilliant, you know, and of course, again, they became a household name, dominated market share for over a century, okay. Uh, today, you know, you know again, that, 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 that was obviously way back, you know, before any kind of, of modern day technology. Uh, today, content marketing has become a lot more commonplace uh, because of digital advertising and just different ways that we're able to uh, uh, deliver content and provide content to various audiences across multiple platforms. That I, I won't say it's become easy, but it's become easier in order to develop this type of a campaign and deliver it to people. Uh, and so one company that does it very famously today is Red Bull. Uh, Red Bull Energy Drinks, I'm sure we're all familiar with them. they dominated the energy drink space before it was actually a space. You know, uh, They were some of the very early innovators in it. And today they do very little, if any, traditional advertising. You may see them uh, sponsor an event or something like that. They do a lot of events. Uh, based advertising, which is te- technically traditional advertising, but uh, very, very little. And what they do is they actually have. I have a whole content channel. I believe it's on Netflix or Hulu, something like that. And it's all about outdoor extreme adventure sports and and you know stuff like that, right? You know because that's that's their target audience. And you know, like Red Bull, extreme. You know people that are going and doing stuff and always having an adventure and et cetera, et cetera. That's the branding that they're trying to to, uh, to lay out there. So they're not saying, Oh, Hey, we're the number one energy drink in America. We've been doing energy drinks since 1997. You know, none of this dumb cliche advertising top-down stuff. It's all value and entertainment for their end consumer. And so to the consumer, they're not being sold to, they're not being advertised to, they're just consuming content that they would be normally consuming, except there's none of these idiotic commercials interrupting that. You know? and so they even they watch more of it and they enjoy it more and they're more apt to share it with their friends but they're still getting that baseline branding of red bull every single time they engage with the content so that's you know again cuz kind of a, a couple different examples from way back when and then today you can you can get you can glean how this is done uh, the modern day godfather of of content marketing is a is a gentleman named joe polizzi And he started an organization called the Content Marketing Institute. And I I believe he just started it 10 years ago or so. Uh, So it's relatively new, as I said, there's been a huge resurgence in this idea and in the space uh, with with social and and digital marketing uh, becoming so prevalent in the last decade. Uh, So Miles, if we could, uh, could we put uh, his website up as a resource for people? Uh, on, on the stream there. It's just contentmarketinginstitute.com. Uh, and I would I would highly recommend that people uh, go to that. There's tons of great articles that you can read on this. And this is something that you're interested in doing. Uh, he's written a, a great book on the subject uh, called just, uh, Content Inc. And he's written another book after that too called Killing Marketing. And then I actually just noticed the other day that he's got a brand new book downloadable for free on this website uh, about content marketing in the age of the coronavirus so I haven't had a chance to read that myself but that is certainly on the reading list and uh, miles maybe then we could have a follow-up episode after we both read that uh, and see if we can come away with some with some good thoughts on that but uh, certainly uh, Joe Blitzy is the is the go-to source of information uh, in the content marketing world so again if you're interested in that, uh, please check it out. Uh, but Miles, I'll, I'll I'll kick it back over to you for a second and see where where you want to take this direction to. Uh, well, I'm really discuss it here next.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really happy that you kind of went that historical route because um, you know I was reading a an article just earlier this week that was really talking about um, the internet as a whole, but specifically social media and how it was this Gutenberg level. Rep- revolution of technology uh obviously referring to the gutenberg printing press as you know prior to books the only people that you could reach were you know the people within earshot if you're talking or yelling crazy things from a street corner that was your audience then when you're creating books that allows you to distribute your words and your message out to more and more people but as you know you were just handwriting them or having a team of people handwrite these things it was incredibly limiting the gutenberg printing press allowed them to print uh, uh, books much cheaper and a bunch more of them and actually start distributing them on a wide basis, um, which just allowed people to reach a much larger audience. All of a sudden, the thoughts and the words of a single person could be spread throughout a community and throughout a society with relative ease. Uh, Social media has kind of become the same level of technological revolution, allowing literally anyone to reach. Everyone, just one tweet out there, and if you hit the right chord, you send it out at the right time, say exactly the right thing, then all of a sudden your words, no matter who you are, your level of influence within your community or your society, could be read by thousands or millions of people uh, within a very short amount of time. So um, that was tying me back to I think it's a, a Gary V line. Uh, of course, you you love referencing the the Gary here. Um, I, I'm going to butcher it here, but basically, what he was saying was that every company should look at, at themselves as a uh, as a media company. Hundred yeah. percent,
0: yeah. So that that's a great analogy, Miles, to the to the printing press, because you're absolutely right. I mean, what social media specifically did, uh, you know, again, within really within the last decade, we're talking uh, is is erase the top-down paradigm that media had been in for you know, hundreds of years uh you know meaning that only a few small a really small you know uh, amount of people controlled the vast amount of information that was sent out via media channels you know of five to seven companies over the last 20 30 40 years have owned all the major television networks all the major newspapers all the major uh radio conglomerates, you know, after the 1996 Telecommunication, Telecommunications Act, and up until really, you know, social media got uh, fully advanced, that was the most control that a small amount of people have ever had over communication in history, you know. So there wasn't a lot of dissenting opinions, you know, or anything like that. It was, it was a completely controlled, top-down paradigm. And so what did social media did? Well, it allowed people who were outside of that very top tier of the paradigm to reach millions of people to have a platform to access information in a whole new way uh, that wasn't just hey what were they going to say on abc night news tonight you know uh now it's like well what are, what are they going to say on you know youtube and, uh, and other places like that and it's gone so far the other way that you know now some people think that what's on youtube is more uh, real than what's on ABC Nightly News, right? I mean, it's it's gone so far the other way from where it was just 20 years ago that it's really mind-blowing. And and so then, okay, let's then frame this conversation in the terms of a small business. Um, and what that does for a small business. Well, and one D to it real quick because you made me think about this. <laughs> another another amazing okay. thing about another amazing thing about the John Deere example is that they actually when i thought about the printing press you reminded me of this is they actually invested at the time which would have been you know i'm sure like a millions of dollars today into buying their own printing press hiring their own publishing team their own they did everything in house They it is so, it's so like okay it was, so it's amazing that they had the foresight to create this this content marketing play of a magazine but they did all in-house i mean i couldn't imagine you know, the CEO the president you know whoever back then when they came to this idea just being like yeah let's give it a roll I mean because it, it was so revolutionary but okay so so how does this top-down revolution you know from now bottom up pertain to your small business well it means just like you know all of the information was controlled from a very few people all the advertising access was controlled by a very few people as well and you had to pay a lot of money in order to access that uh, and that's not the case anymore. So why would we want to not just do traditional advertising but on social media? Well, because it's a totally different platform. You know, taking a television commercial and putting it on Facebook or Instagram, it's not going to work. Uh if people don't respond to that. It's not where where they are in their brain as they're in social media. So we have to get outside the box. We have to be a little bit more creative and that's where content marketing comes into play. That if we can tell stories, if we can uh, evolve those stories into things that are just straight value for an end consumer and again we don't we're not tuning our own horn we're not talking about how wonderful we are we're not comparing features and benefits of all these traditional advertising techniques we're just providing value then again that's going to be the quickest way to get somebody to know like and trust us now when i say quickest let me give a caveat to that because this is not a, a fast process you know this is not. This is not a, a typical sales process. This is something that's going to be long-term, but in that long-term play, it's actually you're going to create more value. And you're going to create uh, customers that have more affinity for you, and so there they have a, a stronger disposition to actually spend more with you than just a one-time quick transactional sale. So if you need to sell 100 pizzas this week to make payroll, content marketing is not what you need to be doing. Uh, you probably need to be knocking on doors and handing out coupons. Right. You need a much more direct action approach uh, to get a short term sales transactional result. Uh, but if we're in a position, which a lot of us fortunately are right now, you know, where we can take a little bit of stock uh, after catching our breath uh, from the last few months of the crazy uh, COVID lockdown and everything, uh, you know, that we can start to strategize for the next six months, for the next 12 months, for the next 18 months, hopefully even farther out than that. Well, then we have a real chance of putting together a content marketing uh, campaign, if you will, or or strategy that actually will be able to produce an incredible amount of results. Uh, but again, over the long term play and short term play. So as Miles, as you just said, yes, that is a quote from Gary Vee, who is also uh, an apostle, uh, if you will, of the content marketing uh, uh, gospel. And uh, yes, he, he said this many, many times as, as of many others that everybody today needs to be a media company uh and that's that's the smallest mom and pop shop all the way up to the big mega corporations uh and as we've you know discussed you know some of the biggest household names uh became media companies 100 years ago uh, so this is not just because of, of social media but it's it's so much more accessible now uh to do that via social media and via uh, email and everything else so what does that mean becoming Uh, a media company that means that you really need to have a dedicated team uh, either internally or people that you hire externally to make content for that target audience and typically what you want to do is you want to start with one audience and you want to start with one platform and that's where you know i think a lot of people make uh the mistake uh is is they don't start out with one and they try to do too much at once and it's either not good or it's not cohesive, uh, you know. It doesn't really resonate properly. Or they don't have the right audience. They're trying to target too many audiences, you know, at once, and then they start creating all this different content with all the different audiences, and their core message becomes diluted. Now, eventually, of course, we want to scale up and we want to evolve to the place where we're able to talk to multiple audiences and multiple platforms, because most businesses they don't just have one solitary audience you know they have uh maybe a key audience and then a couple of uh, second degree audiences that they want to target uh but it, we don't want to try to do that all at once we want to start with one audience uh one platform and then one content tilt so you know you want to pick the type of content that you are uh, when i mean content i mean the uh, type of delivery uh mechanism that you are most comfortable with so if that's video if you're really good at video do video. If you're really good at writing, do writing. If you're really good at podcasts, you do, you, you get the idea. Uh, and, and do it that way, not based on what's hot. You know, somebody, somebody say, Oh, you know, Facebook live is hot, you know, so I'm going to do Facebook live. But if you're definitely scared about being on video and you hate the way you look and sound and all this stuff, you're not going to make a lot of Facebook Live. So, so don't pick that one. Okay. <laughs> do writing or something, you know, something else that you're comfortable with. Uh, and so you have to have that, that self-awareness about yourself at first. And then, like I said, pick one audience that you want to talk to um, on that platform and start making content of how you can help those people without asking for anything in return, without, without tooting your horn at all. You know, it's just about delivering uh, what they want over and over and over and over again. And the key, is, as I mentioned before, is being long term and consistent. You know, so don't say, hey, I'm going to do something five days a week and then you really only do it two. you know, uh, you want to be consistent uh, with your platform and you want to be consistent with your timing of how you're delivering uh, these things. And, and then over time, as you start to to build up your content, maybe you start ratcheting it up and you're doing more, you know, then you can say, OK, I'm going to go to different platforms. I'm going to go to different audiences Maybe even you're going to go to a different content teller. You know, maybe you're going to take your video and you're going to spin it off and do a podcast as well. That's okay once you get your feet wet and, and you're building up traction in an audience. But if you don't know what you're doing, you've never done this before, and more, most importantly, if you don't have an audience yet, stick with one place because that's how you're going to build up that audience the fastest. And then you can spin it off in, into a, into something else. Uh,
1: and, If I can, if I can jump jump in there, yeah. Um, You're starting to go down this this direction that I I do want us to go, but I kind of want us to back up a little bit here. Um, as we kind of went from real high level stuff talking about, you know, John Deere in the 1800s and the printing press and what this stuff is all the way into, you know, here's what you can do today, executables for small businesses. So I kind of want to back up and give people a a little bit more of a frame to think about this kind of thing. And so when we're talking about Um, you know, having that media company mentality or thinking of yourself as a media company, in addition to what it is that you primarily do, whether that's sell real estate or ice cream or whatever your business is, um, there are, there are lots of options to doing that. Mike just went over a couple of of options there. As far as writing, you could do some blog writing and get that out there in a number of different ways across social media, uh, platforms, um, other third-party platforms like Medium or other blogs, you can guest blog, get that stuff out there. You can do audio, uh, which is podcasts is the big one right now. Uh, those things are are crazy popular, been blowing up over the last couple of years, and they're relatively easy to to produce. Um, and you've got video, of course, it's sort of the same thing as podcast, but you need to put on a pretty face for it. And then the next level there, which is live video, we can do live streams on Facebook, live streams on YouTube, um, or you can have your own live stream on your own website if you want to try to control the the platform a little bit more. But there's a ton of different options out there. I guess there's also, you know, just just images and graphics and creating those kinds of, uh, you know, I don't know, content pieces you can push out there. Uh, but there's tons of different options here for you to take. And like Mike was saying, if you're caught up in trying to do all of them at once, that can be difficult. So know, if you're just starting out, maybe just just pick one or two things to really focus on. But I do want to get into sort of the executable how-to, because, you know, where content marketing and companies like ours kind of overlap is when we're producing uh, marketing campaigns for people, doing a little bit more on the paid marketing side, or if we're creating a website for them or an app or something like that. You still need messaging on there. You still need good copywriting, and you need to fall back on this mentality of creating content and thinking of yourself as a media company when when building these kinds of things out and strategizing for your company uh, and building out that that online presence. Um, If you're just thinking about that straightforward sales technique and you put up a website that says "Buy My Pizza" or whatever it is, then you're not going to get the kind of conversions that you want. You're not going to get the kind of engagement that you want with your audience um sorry i just had a little blip over here um <laughs> so that that's that, that, that
0: really good points there i i want to jump in for one second here and say you know e- even if you don't know how to create so let's let's even back up even farther let's say right. okay i suck at video i suck at podcasting i can't write to same my life right i'm not a creator okay perfectly okay not everybody is. Uh, maybe you're really great at making pizzas, you know, and that's that's your creative outlet. Uh, okay, then document, then document the journey. Then you know, literally hire somebody if you have to uh, to follow you around the kitchen with a, a camera and talking about all the recipes that you created, you know, over the past 15 years or whatever in your pizza making place. You know, you don't have to be yourself a content creator you can be the content you know i I don't think a lot of people realize that yeah is that just seeing the behind the scenes seeing the you know how the sausage gets made so to speak if it's not the best example for pizza place but um, you know people want to see that you know people want to see that story i mean look at reality television some of the most popular uh shows are you know, bar rescue. You know, and some of these things. You know, and I'm not saying you have to sensationalize it like that. But people are interested in you know the day to day kind of struggles and what 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 greater struggles that people have day to day than in, in small businesses, right? So if you're not a creator or if you can't get something created, then just start documenting your day to day, hopefully not all struggles, hopefully struggles and successes, uh, in your small business. And that's a great way for you to get this this content uh, play off the ground as well. And and then, and then I guess you know the other thing where I was kind of going with uh, you know, the how to part, uh, you know, if if you you start to get the itch, that, hey, I want to take it to another channel, I want to take my my video, and I want to do a newsletter, I want to do a podcast, whatever. Uh, that's also where a lot of people run into trouble, and they go into a little bit of a tailspin, and they say, well, shit. I took you guys as advice and I became a media company, but now I'm not a pizza company anymore because all I'm doing is making silly videos and YouTubes and dah, 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 right? So there's a very efficient way to do this. And that is that you have one piece of main content that you create and then you edit or take you know parts of that and you spin it off into other content funnels. So I'll give you an example. So we're shooting a video, obviously right here, live on Facebook. We could take this content and we could pull the audio, edit it maybe a little bit, you know, put an intro, or an outro on it, and boom, there's a podcast. Yeah, so so there's an efficient way to do this where you have one, you know, and it's probably the main content channel you started with that you create from that, and then you edit efficiently from that, and you can spin that off into other uh, other content tilts, other audiences, other platforms. But yeah, the big thing is is to start with one. Don't get greedy. Build up your audience there. Uh, and the other thing that people always they you know they always say uh, before they should, well, how am I gonna turn this into money? Right? I mean, it's a natural reaction we're in business, right? But you know, how am I gonna monetize this audience or how am I gonna start turning this into sales for my business? Don't focus on that. Uh, focus on creating the audience first. Once you create an audience, a viable an audience, and they know like and trust you, they will tell you exactly how to sell to they will beg you for them to sell you stuff. You just gotta focus, keep focusing on building that viable audience and getting them to know, know like, and trust you as as much as you possibly can.
1: Yeah, this uh, and and one thing on this kind of content creation thing, and kind of tying into what you were just saying, as far as building this into sales and you know tying this into the rest of your business, um, is that there are some secondary effects of creating good content. Uh, for example, SEO. I was having a conversation with a client earlier this week about content creation and SEO. Um, if you want people to find your website when searching for certain key uh, keywords or keyword phrases, then one of the best things you can do is have awesome content on your website, utilizing those keywords and those phrases. And ultimately, the best thing, the the kingpin of SEO, is traffic. If you can get people going to your website using it going there regularly ideally people within the audience that you're wanting to market to going there regularly then you're going to show up whether you do a massive seo campaign or or not uh, one of the best things that you can do is getting that regular traffic and one of the best ways to do that is to have value on your website and give them a reason to go there Um, You can do that through providing utility. So there's something literally useful, a tool there, or something to engage with your business. And you can do that through providing value through your content. So that could be having a blog or, like I said, doing your live stream directly to your website instead of going through Facebook and YouTube or something like that. Um, putting uh, Putting those blogs up there, having that really good content will allow you to rank for certain keywords will let people find you a little bit more it'll lend people to you using your website using your facebook page using all your entire online presence um more effectively to uh, to an extent where where people who are looking for you who maybe haven't even engaged in your other content are going to find you because you've been putting out this good this good quality content and getting that level of engagement. So there's there's effects outside of just who's going to listen to your podcast or read your blog. There are these sort of uh, distal or secondary effects that will happen and benefit your company just through. The value of creating these, this kind of content and putting it out there and getting that engagement from from your audience, from your customer base.
0: That that's such a good point, Miles. And you know, from from a branding perspective, what you're doing is you're really you're building authority, and you're building up yourself as an authority figure on the subject that your brand, you know, is associated with, and and that's one of the the best possible things that you can do. Uh, with, with your content marketing is, yeah, is position yourself as the authority on plumbing or insurance or making pizzas, you know, again, you know, or whatever it is. And he actually just made me think of an example uh, that Joe Polizzi cites in, in his original book, is that when he started the Content Marketing uh, Institute and they started it as an event, Uh, And one of the one of the first things they did was they came out with a yearly list of and I forget, you know, if it was the top 20 or the top 10 or whatever, you know, of the top 10, top 20 uh, industry events around content marketing. And they purposely left themselves off the list. But then, of course, what did all the people who make the list do? They shared it out to their audiences (laughs) with an article that linked directly back to their website and then he said that about a half dozen of them actually put a widget on their website (laughs) that directed people back from their essentially their competitor's website back to his own website (laughs) and his and his website traffic of course went through the roof and then they became the household industry name in in that event in that in that space uh over the course of time so you know there's uh there's all kinds of ways that you can position yourself as an authority, even by giving your competition a pedestal, you know, to stand on, so to speak. Uh, you know, it, uh, Gary V talks about this, you know, uh, the, the, the the kid in high school who hosted the parties, you know, was automatically yeah. 10 times cooler than he was before he started hosting the parties, right? It's like, that's what you want to be in business is you want to be the person who's hosting the party that everyone gravitates to, and you know and ask for advice or this or that you know uh you don't want to be uh you know the the, you don't want to be the person who's over on the sideline, so to speak you know uh and so so you you that that's a really 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 great example of how you can use content marketing uh to build yourself up as an authority figure and then people of course going back to the know like and trust you if you're an authority figure people are coming to you for advice hell if other people in your space, if, if your competition is coming to you to seek advice, well, then obviously you're somebody who should be, you know, like, know, new and trust. I don't know how to put that in the, uh, the, the past tense. <laughs> 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 uh, it's too early in the morning for English. Uh, yeah. But let me uh, let me also follow this up with one other point uh, that, that Joe Polizzi uh, always uh, drives home. And if you're joining us a little late, we're talking about content marketing. Joe Polizzi, we keep referring to as the Godfather, of modern day uh, uh, content marketing. Miles put that uh, link over there in the comments form. You can check out his websites, podcasts, his books, all that good stuff. Uh, but he makes an excellent point, uh, reoccurringly, but in, in his first book especially, that you know don't build your house on rented land. And mm-hmm. and what he means by that is, you know, we obviously don't control social media channels. You know, we, we're not Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, he can wake up tomorrow and he can change all the rules and they usually do. And, uh, you know, what was it, 2012, 2013, 14, whenever that was that they uh, took away organic reach, you know, on Facebook, of course, everybody lost their minds, you know, in the business world, you know, uh, and, you know, a lot of people were like, you know, upset, you know, that he wasn't giving them free access to reach their their people anymore. I won't go down that tangent. But the point being is you can't, You have to build up an audience on on social media, but you can't just leave them on social media because that could be taken away from you. So you always want to be building up on social media and constantly funneling it back to something that you control. And, you know, the the two examples he usually gives is is a website and an email list, Uh, because for all intents and purposes, you control the access to that. You control the way that information is disseminated from that. Uh, you don't control Twitter, you don't obviously control these other platforms. So that's something to keep in mind. It's a huge mistake uh, that a lot of people make, you know, and you just have to look back, like I said, six, seven years uh, when people's entire business platform was, hey, I got 50,000 followers on Facebook. I can just send out a message for free and reach 45,000 of them. And that all changed, you know, really quickly. Uh, And people were left without, without able to uh, to contact their audience without paying a lot of money for it. And so think about that uh, as we as we build out this long term funnel uh, that you always want to be funneling people back to some way that you can control uh, and that you can contact them on your own terms.
1: So if anyone is just joining us or coming in a little bit late, this is Ask Wildman, uh, open Q&A about technology, business, marketing. Today we've been talking a lot about content marketing. Um, hopefully we've given you some some good advice, some good pieces of info out there. Um, if you want us to talk a little bit more about this, or if you have any specific questions, please feel free to throw your questions in the comments or email us at askwildman@wildmanweb.com. At you can also tune in next week. We do this every week, Wednesdays at 11, streaming live to Facebook. So uh, you can also follow our Facebook page at Wildman Web. Uh, we'll be putting out everything there as well as some other content. Did want to make a couple of notes here before we wrap up for the day. Um, if you are wanting to learn a little bit more about digital marketing or websites or content marketing, in this case, uh, we have a section on our website of articles, wildmanweb.com articles, just a bunch of quick, easy little reads to give you uh, some basic information about all these different subjects. Um, and we also have our toolkit available, wildmanweb.com LBOT. That's the local business online toolkit. It's free software that we hand out to, uh, to small businesses in our community, trying to help them establish or uh, more effectively leverage their online presence. So uh, check it out there. And then we're going to wrap up here with some uh, final thoughts on content marketing. But again, make sure to check in with us next week, Wednesday at 11 for Ask Wildman. I think I'm going to close up just with the technical side of things. If you are looking at doing some SEO, or if you're looking at building a new website, uh, building a new app, or anything to expand or improve your online presence, it's very easy to get tunnel vision and just look at the technology, just look at the rankings. Um, I was speaking with someone last week about um, you know they were working with an SEO company out of India or something, um, and you know they were very good at at getting these keywords into these uh, pieces of content they would write for the website. These little blurbs of their meta descriptions or articles they'd put on the website. Um, And it had all the right keywords in there. But what it wasn't, what they weren't good at was writing good English sentences necessarily. So these were not human readable things. There was tons of um, errors in there and it just wasn't really compelling to to read so while it might have been nice for a search engine or a a, a bot crawler coming through there and seeing those keywords checking off their boxes it wasn't good for actual humans to read and what definitely was not compelling content so whether you're doing an seo campaign or starting some some uh some marketing on social media or google ads or building a new website whatever it is you're doing make sure that you don't get too focused on the technical side of things or um, certain sort of vanity metrics um, to forget about the content. The content for real people should be your first and primary goal. And then secondarily is the the technology behind it. So it has to be really, really good, uh, compelling content that is readable by an actual human person first. And then if you can put in some keywords there and optimize the text to be nice for search engines as well. Um, that's that's going to be the, the key for, for creating a good online presence and making it maximally effective on both sides of that coin. So, Mike, if we were to close here, maybe give your top one or two key content marketing points to sort of close out the show.
0: Sure thing. So, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to Jeff Fry. just saw his comment there. He popped in today. Better late than never. Jeff, good to see you. Uh, yeah, and, and and folks, do go to the Wild Man uh, articles section uh, that Miles was just talking about there. And if there's something there that you want to see expanded upon, or if there's a topic that we haven't covered, uh, send us an email, send us a message uh, here on Facebook, whichever is easiest for you, and let us know. We're going to start expanding uh, into those and, and sending out a lot of good content as well uh, via an email list uh, that's going to be uh, very similar to some of the stuff that we have there in the article section. So if you wanna be on that email list too, go ahead, and send us an email at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. We're gonna have our our queen of content, Anna, a new member of the team gonna be helping us dish out a whole bunch of new helpful stuff. So if there's something that you want us uh, want us to include that's not already in there, please, please let us know. Uh, and yeah, Miles, I would just say, you know, I would just challenge everybody, I guess, uh, to really, you know. Think about this long and hard of how can i come up with a content strategy for my business and you know again really just focus on who is my core audience that's the number one first thing that we got to understand whether we're doing content marketing or not you know uh, what value can i give to them how can i inform them how can i educate them how can i entertain them what's my content tilt you know what is my main choice of communicating what am i best at is it is it talking? Is it being on camera? Is it writing? Maybe it's it's none of them, <laughs> and then we're just gonna we're gonna document, uh, and and then and then really try to create and stick to a schedule and deliver. Uh, and again, even if that's just you documenting what you do, you know, the struggles that you you have in your day to day, or if you're actually going to go out and create, like I said, value pieces uh, for people, and and stick to that schedule, and you know, give it six months, give it at least three months. Uh, and, and start to build that audience and then hit us up in the inbox with questions uh, as, as you go along. But I think that that is, is something that everybody at least needs to take a stab at uh, on your journey here uh, in marketing through your business
1: awesome well that is our show um again we are doing this every week so make sure to tune in next wednesday um and ask your questions throw them in the comments or email us at askwildman at mike thank you as always good um, good info thank, thank
0: you miles and thanks to everybody for for watching miles everybody say goodbye to miles he's gonna go on vacation for a little bit uh but but don't worry you're gonna be in in my my trusting hands next week, and we're gonna have we're gonna have something fun. I don't know, maybe a special guest, but we're at least gonna have a guest host next week on the show while miles is uh, out climbing mountains and doing doing wild man things out there in the
1: wilderness. I Stan, on brand over here, yeah, so check in <laughs> next week. I'm sure it will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: that I can promise. Yeah, have a good right, one, everybody.
1: All right. Thank you, everyone. And we will see you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com.